listening to Osmoscope, the podcast that lets you dive into the marvellous world of olfaction. In this episode, we talk to Clara Ravad, olfactory artist and experimental filmmaker based in Berlin, originally from Barcelona. If you'd like to learn how an early fascination with macerating plants led Lara to distilling stranded goods from the canals of Amsterdam, why her free mind has helped her creating out of the blue a personal fragrance she designed for young denim label Hardeman, and how scent can help us to show more empathy towards one another. Stay tuned. So Clara, what got you fascinated with the world of smell in the first place? I'm not sure what got me started, but um, it's a passion, uh, a passion that comes since I'm a kid. So when I would be a little kid, like about, I don't know, five or six, I was obsessed with extracting scents from plants. I would collect uh, mint and other herbs and try to macerate them. So I was I would always ask to my mom, Mom, mom how can I make a perfume out of mint? And then we would just put it on a, a glass jar with alcohol and then let it sink for some days. And after that I would always get uh games that were related to scent. I am not sure if my parents wanted to motivate me to explore other senses or it was yeah, something I wanted to do. I remember I got like a perfumer making kit where you had like few fragrance oils, also a base oil and some instructions on how to mix them. I also got like this memory game where you had to smell some capsules and then go through a uh, big amount of cards and try to select the card that was matching the smell. So old books or chimney smell or bubble gum. And then I started to say I wanted to be a perfumer And I asked my mom, mom, what do I need to do to be a perfumer? And she said, oh, you have to study chemistry. And I went to high school and chemistry was really hard. I really disliked it. I think also then this relates on, later on on my path of uh, teaching people because I, I don't think I hated chemistry itself. I just thought that the way teachers were exposing chemistry to students was very difficult and it didn't need to be that difficult it sounds like it because uh, when you started getting interested in fragrance and started right away with doing alcoholic mm, extraction of a scent for example this is also pure chemistry yeah and actually i just remember i also had a chemistry game where i had like a huge collection like 20 or more ingredients of the periodic table and a videotape that i would play and just follow some nerdy guy on the tv doing mixing stuff Yeah, so I think it's a pity, actually, that, that some people are not really passionate about passing on knowledge. And eventually you ended up not liking something because how it is exposed to you. So you, you graduated from um, the Royal Academy of Arts in The Hague, or eventually you studied art science. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, you also took different paths to the topic of fragrance before. And so you started with studying trend research and medicine and psychology so there's really various paths you have uh, traveled before actually turning to art itself um when i finished high school i went to the med school and i was there for a few years it was too much for me to be sitting on a library every day more than six hours so at some point i, I quitted medicine 
And then I did a one-year postgraduate in trend research. And we traveled a lot with my colleagues and the class together. It was so much fun that then I decided that I should actually go and study abroad and and get out of my comfort zone. So I thought, yeah, maybe I should study art. So I found this department in The Hague called Art Science. And then I thought it's the perfect uh, mix between my passion for science and also for art. What was your encounter during your studies? Did you get in touch with Sand at all? I was very lucky to meet Maki Weda and Caro Berbeck during my studies. Uh, Maki was teaching a course every two years uh, about how to produce games with sand. And on my second year, I followed a class with Caro Berbeck called The Other Senses. Um, and in this class, Caro basically exposes her students with uh, a lot of olfactory art and tactile related art. Thanks to Caro, I kind of reconnected to to my old passion and I thought, oh, maybe I actually don't need to study chemistry or be really a technical perfumer, but I can just experiment by myself. Um, that was kind of my throwback to what I wanted to do and find my path back. And maybe I forgot to say that uh, about psychology. So in my second year at uh, in The Hague, I had so much time that I decided to enroll to distant uh, studies of psychology at the university, Open University of Catalonia. I'm currently on my last year of the bachelor's. Yeah, the idea is to finish also the <laughs> bachelor. Uh, that's uh, quite impressive, I think, where your curiosity is taking you, uh, scent-wise, and also in, let's say, how many disciplines are actually involved in working with and understanding scent. Speaking of uh, experience with scent, you also have done many, many collaborations uh, with other artists and various projects, uh, one of them being um, one in Eindhoven in the Netherlands, the Cosmic Travel Kit. Yeah, so the Cosmic Travel Kit is a commission by the Balta Laboratories in Eindhoven, and it's a collaboration between sound artist Angela de Weifmer and hacker Peter Berghaus and myself. Baltan put the three of us together and they gave us, let's say, a brief. They wanted us to work on a wearable that would narrate the story of the area of the Stripe S on um, during F Philips' time because the area used to have the first Philips fabrics and the creative center, like the whole business was there. We started developing the first prototype. Right now we have the prototype finished and this became helmet with a back which Uh, spreads sound and scent inside the helmet and it's GPS controlled, meaning that um, depending on where you stand, you get different uh, scent and sound compositions. And at this point, even though we took as a um, inspiration the area back in the days when Philips was active, it's not so much a research about sounds and scents from the past, but more like a cinematic experience that brings you somewhere else and makes you think also a bit of what was in each of the streets. So this device, the prototype that you created, well, I've seen a video and some pictures and really looks like a spacesuit. So not too subtle. It's quite obvious that yeah. something weird and really interesting must be going on inside. So what type of uh, kind of sense did you choose then or develop for that experiment? There is a formal industrial space that is now empty and there is just some earth and some grass. And... 
there they used to be the sound recording studio where Dick Reichmachers and Einstein and other people used to hang out and produce music. So over there, I made a scent that starts very smoky and sweaty, like a old school man hanging out, drinking whiskey and smoking cigarettes, not showering for who knows how long. And then it becomes a bit fresher because I want people also to move to the next spot. So the scents in this walk are not only single spots in single locations, but there are also transitions and they are also thought to make people move through these spots. It's a combination with the sound made by Angela. So for instance, we have a really interesting point um, where there is like a long street with really big uh, metal tube construction above you. And for that part of the walk, the sound gets pretty interesting in terms of vibration. So I went all over the top with the sand there and I chose ingredients like C10 and other metallic notes. They are uh, on display for a very short time, like two or three seconds, and they keep on switching. So it goes tuned with the vibration of the sun and that that works pretty well yeah, together. Another project of yours um, was with Mediamatic in Amsterdam. While you were an artist in resident at Mediamatic, you offered scent walks in Amsterdam uh, to a group of people to explore the city and find out about smells they liked or got interested in. Can you tell us about that? Uh, Mediamatic proposed me for a grant called Three Package Deal from the City Council of Amsterdam. Uh, well, actually from the IFCA, which is Amsterdam Funds for Culture. I was really lucky to get it and this meant I would move one year to Amsterdam and I would collaborate with Mediamatic during that whole year. And one of our plans was to host uh, scent-related workshops and build the beginning of the Aroma Lab, which was like a distillation uh, unit. So we started hosting uh, this Smell of Amsterdam workshop, which, which was introduction to the sense of smell and to scent extraction methods. And then we will go for a walk in the neighborhood of Mediamatic. And there were two exercises, one to collect things on spot, but participants were also asked to bring something that the smell uh, would remind them on Amsterdam. And then it becomes very interesting to see what actually people who's born and raised in Amsterdam bring and what foreigners bring. For instance, non Amsterdamer brought wit <laughs> because in theory wit is for tourists so but whole Amsterdam I mean all the centers most like that people brought chocolate like cacao because there used to be like a cacao maker somewhere water from the canal because the smell of the canal is so predominant that every person who is from Amsterdam is very conscious about it yeah and then we would run like experimental distillation but we would choose few of these things that represent Amsterdam and put it on the steam distiller and extract the scent and see what would happen. And then we will run a second distillation with the stuff we picked up during the small walk. So what what did happen and what did you try to distill then? Because, I mean, with plants, I can imagine that this works out if you find a really nice um, plant or flower that you, you can distill. But what about other scents where there's some surprising results? I remember in one of the workshops... Someone picked up mushrooms 
from a canal, from an area really close to a canal, a Thai book that was wet, some uh, bike rubbers and a piece of brick. And we put all of that together. And <laughs> actually, the smell was pretty nice. Like the most predominant smell was the mushroom smell. I personally like the scent of um, humidity in a, in a mushroom. So, I mean, you get pretty interesting stuff. Some things are disappointing because you won't be able to extract the scent of a stone or you would only get some moisty scent from the sand around it. But as a learning process, I think it's interesting for participants. Also then to prove that uh, you actually need to also research a bit about what you're distilling and what's the exact scent or component you want from where you're extracting the scent of uh, and so on it's also maybe about how versatile um the sources of scent and quality of scents is to surround you another project was your collaboration with berlin kit kat nightclub what was that about there is a party hosted in the kit kat club which happens every two months it's called gegen And Gegen is a queer party. Gegen is not only being against something, but also going towards something. So they, the organizers of the party describe the party as um, something um, that brings you to your own limits and al allows you to explore your own limitations. It's a beautiful party. People are very respectful uh, and free so on one of the party editions, it was called Gegen Senses. When I saw the advertisement for the party, I, I, I thought I, I should contact them because I would be happy to see what happens if we do something with scent in such a setting. And they were very happy. Um, I was totally free to, to do whatever I wanted. So I thought it would be nice to explore with something that could be used in this type of parties. So I I set up an installation with um, bondage uh, bondage tapes, which are made of vinyl. There is like a nice swimming pool area in the club. Um, so I just set up some of the tapes from the roof to the floor in groups of three or four. And then I sprayed the sand over these tapes. So one of the sands was the Nose King number one. That's the one that is more complex and more like a perfume. It has a rose base, but then it has a really sweaty and musky base notes like leather accord, vanilla, sandalwood, ambrofix, indole, cashmeran, and so on. The top is quite fresh but sweet with corpse orange. And the middle notes are still very like skinny, like C14, that smells a bit like peach. Uh, raspberry caton to make it a bit more metallic and extreme. Uh, Kefalis, Rosalba. So this, this scent was made thinking that in such a setting where people are very close to each other, you might want to smell something attractive, but still also a bit fresh. Then there were two other scents. I had a nose king number two that was very flowery. It's really it smelled like uh, violet flowers, but also pushed to the limits and quite extreme and intense smell. And then there were two other areas. One was only spread with seabed and the other one was only spread with Isoe Super. So it was all very animalistic, but still pretty pleasant 
and let's say wearable. So what happened is I set up the installation in the afternoon at six. And then I went home. I had some friends from Spain visiting. We were getting ready for the party. So we got to the club at 2 a.m., which is still early. And what happened is that most of the installation was already ripped off. I hope some people uh, use the bondage uh, tapes for fun. <laughs> yeah, so it was a fun experiment. I mean, I'm very happy in the terms of the scent. Maybe if I would do it again, I would set up like a harder structure so that the scents can stay longer in the night. Really interesting, because I was going to ask, so what were your observations and how did people react? Did they enjoy enhancing their experience by fragrance and by scent? But apparently they did. All of these um, so yeah, collaborations, they're about um, art, but you also had a little trip into the world of fine fragrances when designing fragrance for the Dutch denim label Hardeman. So that was really a personal fragrance that you designed. And I think it was also basically where you were explicitly asked to design a label that would reflect the brand. Yeah. So um, while my residency in Amsterdam, I lived in a, it's like an art hostel living space in the south in Bosnian Lomer um, called Wow. I like to cook a lot, which means I would spend a lot of time in the kitchen and The person living just in front of the kitchen was Sophie. And Sophie is really hard worker. She's always at her studio working, which means while she's working and I'm cooking, we get to hang out together. So this is how I met Sophie Hardeman. And yeah, after a while, um, Sophie suggested that we should have a collaboration together and that it would be super cool to make like a fragrance for her brand. It was perfect match because for me it would be like also the first let's say, commercial fragrance to bottle. I have no restrictions whatsoever. And because I knew quite well her brand and, and her personality, I made three different uh, versions and um, she chose the one of them. The idea was to produce something that resembles a popper uh, bottle and a popper fragrance. Popper is a drug used uh, from the 80s onwards on the queer dance scene because basically um, it's something you sniff it's like a liquid that you sniff and you get this high like for one minute and it helps you relax your muscles so we wanted the fragrance to be similar that when you get the first whiff is extremely strong almost even a bit annoying like really penetrating and then it makes you feel warm and then it becomes sweet almost as if if you were high so yeah that's why the bottle looks like a bit like a leather or jean cleaner as the as poppers are branded yeah and regarding the scent yeah it's very intense it starts a bit fresh goes high up in your nostril yeah it's a bit like indigo color like sweet but not too bubblegummy sweet a bit like violets i would say It's a bit powdery, then it becomes very uh, leathery as well. There is, There are some dark facets. You know when you smell like a fake leather sofa a bit, that sometimes it has like this um, very solid opaque scent. 
Definitely it's not a fragrance to wear every day, just in special occasions or parties. Yeah, Miguel Matos made a review for Fragantica and uh, he says he always gets compliments when he wears this hand. You also initiated an event that is especially dedicated to collaborations. It's the Experimental Sense Summit, an international get-together for people working um, in the field of olfaction. Could you tell us about that? What made you think of such a get-together? Yeah, so the the Experimental Sense Summit is basically a, a collaboration with the Art and Olfaction uh, Institute from Los Angeles, and it's um, tied to the awards, and that's why it's always happening where the awards are happening. When I learned that that Saskia Wilson Brown was bringing the Art and Olfaction Awards to Berlin. We thought that it might be really interesting since there are so many people traveling from all over the world for the awards to do uh, an event where people can share like their latest projects or, or research and, and network. I would say the first year, a big amount of our audience were award related. And slowly over these last three years, I think the audience went more towards a real experimental capacity where there is also younger people presenting new things um, they are doing. Yeah. I thought it was quite outstanding that you initiated this event because at the heart, people dealing with scent, they naturally, they, they come from various disciplines and subjects, you know, and it's always hard to just speak about one facet of fragrance. You automatically touch upon other fields of uh, research and work and this is why it's so important to keep everyone updated it's it's not so easy to do that in a very formal way this is why really talking about it and and giving others the, the opportunity to speak about their project personally i think is so very helpful yeah i mean it's definitely i think very helpful for everyone to be able to to speak up and and share what I, you've been up to um, especially when we are not living in same cities or not even countries. It's also, I think, important because, as you said, there are people from so many different fields or working with scent from different perspectives um, that in such a day you become very conscious that, that what you do is not the only way that things can be done. And... Saskia might not agree with this, but for me, because I'm an artist, it's also quite peculiar to um, share that day with maybe people that are more um, technically trained, so niche perfumers, um, and see how even we all work with scent. The use we do, we do of, of scent is very different, and the way we think about it is also different. So in a way, you are melting two realities or more than two realities together. And that uh, makes collaborations way easier. Where do you then get your inspiration from? And also, um, how did you learn how to create fragrances? I would say I belong to the do-it-yourself and teach-yourself generation. So when I started working with scent, the first thing I did is go to YouTube and see how can I do my own distiller. Like, I'm a student, I don't have money, I want to do this, how do I do it? And then you figure out that you can slowly learn everything by yourself. Um, it just might take a bit longer, 
but also there is a lot of beauty in the autodidactic uh, learning process because you stumble upon mistakes and trials that bring you somewhere else. And if you're not looking for perfection, yeah, you can do pretty much everything and do um, lots of new things. And I would say this is maybe why, why Out of the Blue is such a special perfume because no one taught me which materials blend together in a very pleasant way or in a way that most of us enjoy. And thanks to not having that knowledge taught, let's say I'm a, I'm a tabula rasa, like my, my head is free and I'm not scared of combining things that might not be the best combinations apparently, but they might find a, a good match at the end. So, but you also have um, taken over to teaching yourself, both at the university and also um, in the, your smell lab. So, can you tell us about Smell Lab and what this is about and what it aims at? So, Smell Lab uh, was funded in 2015. It started like a community project where we would meet once a month with uh, random people, like anyone who would have interest to to join. Um, so I would curate the evenings with either experiments or presentations from other people. And then after a while, I saw there was a big interest on learning more about how to actually work with scent. So it started switching towards education. And right now, the Smell Lab is a studio located also in Prince Lauerberg. And it's a combination between education, so... I have right now a small program of workshops that I hope to increase. Um, but there are also other projects like uh, yeah, Sensing the Perfumer, where I organize visits to perfume labs, like small perfume labs to see how the perfumers work and how different they think. I hosted some meetups where people who work with scent in different capacities would also present their work. And now the new step is to really establish a constant uh, program for the open labs so that people can come and use the scent organ and work on their own projects. And this brought me to teach at the art school where I studied in The Hague. So I found myself navigating through teaching art in general, even it was scent-based. The course was about tackling social issues through scent and not using scent as a, something that goes with the concept but it really tackles the concept so that it it is really the material that speaks for itself and also I taught at the Halle Design University I taught one introduction week to the industrial design students and this was really technical I taught them how to smell how to think about scent, how to describe it. And then we did a bunch of exercises on um, brief and like briefing. I, I, I would give them a brief that they have to, to accomplish in one day. So this was more like client and designer communication. So what would you recommend uh, anyone uh, who'd like to learn more, get involved in working with fragrances? Uh, what should they do or what can they do to get started? Obviously, come to the Smell Lab. <laughs> Follow one of the introduction uh, workshops. Uh, and uh, that actually gives you a really good base to later practice on, on your own. Just like a small structure to see how to approach each ingredient. Um, there are 
few forums now online. So I think it's about, a lot about trying and asking to other people, reading. And I think also the advantage of the open smell app, even though you have you want to buy your own ingredients to work at home, this allows you to come and try out ingredients that you maybe want to see how they work before purchasing yourself or really important to be in the same space with other people. Then you can share information and smell what the other person is doing. I think like that you learn a lot. And also coming up now in the Smell Lab is uh, our new meetup called Indie Perfumer Meetup. And the idea of this meetup is to bring what you're working on, let others smell it and get constructive feedback. So is there any any scent uh, that you're aware of that you consider underrated or any scent uh, that people should discover or pay more attention to? I think we should pay more attention to body scents in relation to health. When you go through, uh, for example, a stressy situation, your your sweat odor changes and the same with any other uh, person. So I think scent is a... Uh, can work as an alarm on our body it's like uh, it gives so much information about our health so eventually you could also develop your empathy further and you can learn to distinguish different smells on different people and you might be able to uh, have a small idea of what they are going through yeah you can maybe you can try find ways to to help or be empathic or It brings me to the next question. What does scent bring to society or what can scent do for society? What is its role? Yeah, so besides being a strong communicator from coming from our bodies or from nature or, or, or different things, I think it's a very strong connector between people. Not sure why. This is something I would really like to make a bit of research about. Maybe it's because it's so intangible to our eyes or something we cannot touch that makes people wonder and talk about it. It might be that we want to compare our thoughts with other people, right? Like you always want to check, am I right? Or am I guessing this in the proper direction? And um, then coming from this nature, you want to ask other people what they think. So it could be actually use sharper in this direction to make people connect and talk and get our heads out of screens and Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for coming up and uh, talking to us. Thank you very so much. Thank you for listening to Osmoscope today and for joining our conversation with Clara Ravat. You can learn more about Clara and her work on clararavat.com. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Osmoscope and spread the news.